Hello, everybody. Welcome again to Sober Sisters Talk. I'm MG. Elizabeth. And Elizabeth wanted to talk today about sex addiction. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, I really wanted to talk about the sexual component. So um, we both have been involved in SLAA um, as one of our 12-step programs. And again, you know, this act, the podcast is not really to promote uh, 12-step programs or anything like that, but to really give you guys the sense of taking your recovery out into the world. You know, it's so easy to do it when you're sitting with a sponsor or in a meeting or, you know, and just to, to really take that behavior out into the world. And that's something that MG and I have both done and we have experience with. And it wasn't a simple like, okay, you read this and then go do it. It's, you know, our experience and our um, expertise, our knowledge around this is the, is the learning of the, um, what's that saying? The, when you take it out and drive it around, I can't remember. Like a I'll test th- drive. I'll think of the word. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not the book learning, it's the actual. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the experiential. Right, right, right. So um, I've had some uh, interactions this week with some um, members of our community, and um, I've seen in the past that this is where this is where when 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 a member starts dating and meets a guy she likes, she has sex with him, and this is where everything gets screwed up. Yeah. It's where they lose their ability to discern, to make choices. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've said before, I don't, I I hate the word powerlessness because Mm. I don't ever want to feel like Mm. I don't have power. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the power comes back from the choice. Right. I like the phrase, you may be powerless, but you're not helpless. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can make choices. Yeah. And if you are powerless over deciding whether or not to have sex with somebody or when the right time is, is then the choice of not having sex with a man that you're dating or a woman, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, until you're in a committed monogamous relationship that will, that will get you what you want. Right. Right. So what I wanted to talk about is how do you get there, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, um, a year, a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago, dated, and um, it was someone I was very physically attracted to, and we had really good chemistry, and um, we had some, like, you know, heavy make-out sessions with, you know, touching, and um, but I was always able to get up and say no. I was always able to stop it. And the reason that I did is because I knew I wasn't ready to let go. And let me ask you about that, about that component of arousal and about that component of like, you know, because that's a real slippery slope for a lot of people that that I feel is where the addict comes into play because you're playing, you're playing with brain chemistry, you're playing with your body's chemistry. And so, you know, for me, it's like, once I get into that place of um, arousal, I feel like it's uncontrollable and that it's just going to take over and start driving the bus. And then before you know it, you're in Reno and, you know, you have $10 in your pocket. So it's like, 
Um, so how do you? Yeah. So how do you a, get into arousal? How do you drive? Right. You know, how do you take the drink and not get yeah. drunk? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the key is Memji. <laughs> I did that last time too. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to put a sticker uh, The on world you. will keep my secrets. There you go. Is to really know what you want. Mm -hmm. Is to make that, that has to be, it's like the, you know, if you took a look at a, a, mm -hmm. the foundation of your dating. Mm -hmm. Start here. This is what I want. So for me, I don't want to, I don't want to have sex with another guy until I'm in a committed monogamous relationship and I know I'm in love with him and mm. and it's reciprocated mm. now that's just mm. me mm. and I think mm. you should have your own yeah yeah desires around that and yeah. it should come from your experience what, what do you feel about like the polyamorous approach these days where you know you get into relationship I mean I know that for you you feel monogamous committed but you know I, I've been hearing a lot about you know that for a lot of people monogamy doesn't work and you know I'm curious about that so I don't know if, if uh, you've come across that before with men you've dated that, you know, said, listen, you know, I'm going to date other people, but it just doesn't work for you. No. Yeah. I, I don't think it can I, and work again, for I think, anybody. I don't either. But again, that's not, you define it. Yeah. Yeah. Be clear about what it is you want first. If you're like, I don't really care. I just want to know that he loves me. If he wants to date other people, if I date other people, I don't care. We can have sex with as many people as, if that doesn't, if right. that fits right. for you and right. you don't think it's going to take you down the rabbit hole, then go for it. Well, I think that usually in my past, I've always said, I want that guy and I would be willing to, to make any accommodation necessary in order to get that guy. I didn't go at it from the point of view where I wanted a committed, monogamous, exclusive, loving relationship. You know, I didn't, I didn't approach it like that. So I think that, that you're right, that when you clearly define it as the, here's what I want, because I, we, you and I both talked about in Law of Attraction, that if you aren't clear about what it is you want to attract, and very specific, I might add, then you're not going to get it. You know, if you're well, just you're going to get muddy. Yeah. If, if you're just like, I just want something, the universe is going to bring you Something. something. And you're like, and if you go at dating like that, and I've seen it time and again, that um, she's laughing because my dog's over here snoring. Snoring. She's We're so in my sweet. living room. Oh this my time, gosh! So you, can, you can tell it's a little different than um, MG's living room, and uh, she's over here snoring. So if you hear some heavy breathing, it's Betty. So sweet. She's the sweetest dog <laughs> in the world. She's asleep. <laughs> While we're having this intense conversation, so. Um, Again, I just think that you, you know, being really clear, if you go at dating and just be like, yeah, well, I just want to date and have fun. Well, okay, then you're going to get that. Right, but right. you, you're definitely not going to get a man that's looking for um, a committed relationship. Right. So, and, and again, if that's not what you are looking for, it's, it's fine, but be clear. Sure. Be sure. clear about yeah. what it is that you want. Yeah. So the other part of this, like, so how do you get in there? How you're in, you've met this guy and you're dating him and you really like him and you've been dating a couple of months and there might be like some handholding and maybe a kiss goodbye here and there, you know, and all of a sudden you are in a space where you're alone and you really like him and um, he wants to have sex. And how do you, and you're, you guys are making out and you both are, are into it. And how do you get out? What do you do now? 
Yeah. Well, I've never not <laughs> gotten out. <laughs> Which is why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. But I have. Right. And I think it's just like, I remember like, you know, with this last guy in particular, um, I really liked him and um, I thought he had most of what I want, but there was something intuitive that was like, hmm, yeah. I don't have everything that I want yet. I'm not, I'm not ready. Yeah. And so I think it's like really being clear, like do the work beforehand and become really clear about. Yeah. So the other thing is, is that if it's like oh, you have this dating plan and if you don't know what a dating plan is, we'll do a whole session on a dating plan. Um, but you have this dating plan, you're on day t date two and you really like this guy. He think you think he's great. And he's like, well, MG, I want to have sex. And you're like, yeah, me too. But, you know, it's, I think we should wait. Why? We're both adults. What do we do? You know, and so you go ahead and you do it and you have sex with him. Yeah, well, I would never do that. And, you know, when I was in New York, I did go out on a date with a guy who first date, you know, made that proposition to me. And I was like, no. And he was like, what, you have to be married? And I said, no. I said, I just, you know, have to take a while. Like, you know, here we are here and sex is way down the road. I mean, it's like, you know, I got to know who you are. I got to know your family. I got to know, like, you know, I got to know you. And, you know, I think that takes at least a year to know someone. Six months minimum. Right. You know? it, 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 and I agree with you. Because, I mean, I got to know. But so you said, you said, so I said it's date two, maybe date three, and he mm. really wants to have sex, and you really like him, and you don't want him to leave. So, and you go, well, I would never do that. Not how, now. How do you know that, though? That's, that's what we need. Right, 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 right. Well, how do you know that? What is it inside of you that goes like, I would never do that? Right. Well, I would never do that now because I have a lot of more skills. I have a lot more tools in this program to get what it is that you want. And one of the things is to do a thorough vetting of an individual. And I know that by the second day that that's certainly not enough. Because what got me into sex and love addiction was because, first of all, I had no training from my parents. They never ever even talked about what dating was. What little information I could glean from were from my sisters about, you know, how they dated in the world and like what was going on in our world. And so, you know, I never knew what it is that I needed to do in order to, to date. What, what do you do when you date? And, you know, it, it's to get to know someone, to develop intimacy, to find out if there's someone that you can trust. And especially in a romantic relationship, because it's not just about your friendship, but it's also about your physical space and about whether or not you can trust someone physically with your body. It's the most intimate thing that you can do, you know, to share your physical intimate self with another human being. So, you know, dating is a vetting process where you figure out, is this someone that, you know, I can trust? Is this someone that I like? And for me, it was always, you know, the opposite, you know, I always wanted to have sex with someone first to see if the chemistry was good. And then we could work on the relationship part after that. And, you know, that never served me. And it was sort of like, well, to me, that was always the most important thing. If I can't have sex with someone or if it's not good sex, then there's no potential for a relationship. 
And, you know, that's the opposite now. It's like I would even, you know, be probably involved in a sexless relationship if, you know, I met someone that I really liked and maybe they had a disability or something like that. It would not be something that would rule out having a relationship with someone. So, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of um, an so opposite way. So why do you way. think, and um, I just want, you know, for, from your experience, because I have my own, that, you know, meeting someone, feeling attracted to them on date two or three, why is it not going to work to have sex? And then go figure out. Well. It sounds fun. Right. It is fun. And for me, you know, we were talking before about, like, you know, going to the races, it's like for me and, and from what I've also been able to learn and understand about like um, biochemicals in the brain, that when you begin to, you know, have sex, that there are endorphins and chemicals that are released in the brain that are very... Oxytocin. Yeah, right. Like skin to skin. Yes. And there's like, there's addictive components for that. And as an addict, once that gets in my system, that's what I want. And so if I go ahead and have fun and let's, you know, have sex with that individual, then it's like they're going to call me like two days later and say, hey, can I come over? And I'll be like, well, sure. And then, you know, it's going off in a direction where, you know, I might not be able to, um, and I don't want to say control it or manage it, but uh, to Get in or out, though. Right, right. You're, you're already, if he's calling and saying, you know, can I come over? And you're like, well, sure. So you've done no work around conflict resolution. You have no idea what's going to happen should you get in a fight with this guy. You I know very little, yeah. You don't know, like, he could throw a punch or, you know, just get mad and leave. Or and he might be married and his ex-wife is following him around to my house and, you know, pulling a gun on me. I mean, we see it in the news all the time. There's no work on values. You don't know, you know, maybe what his political stance is or money or, you know, family. You don't, you, debt, you know, all of those things. You haven't gotten, done any inform, any digging on that. Right. Past relationships, he could have an STD, could, you know, whatever. You know, there's all, all of these other things. And you've abandoned all of that and gone into a sexual relationship and become addicted to someone before you found that stuff out. And from what I believe now, I believe that sex in a relationship is there to deepen the relationship, to strengthen the relationship, and to make uh, the bond between you know the individuals so much stronger. And so if there's no bond to begin with, the sex is just, in my opinion, acting out. It's just a you know pleasure thing. And if that's your cup of tea, you know, I mean, who am I? But if you're listening to this, there's yeah. probably some issues there somewhere along the way. And, you know, that's that's why we're here and that's why we're talking about it. And that's why, you know, developing parameters around a sexual relationship and is, is just so important um, prior to having sex, you know, to yeah. be... So we talked about being really clear about what you want. And you mentioned a word that, um, and I like to get, you know, specific about stuff, especially when I work with people. Um, but you mentioned a word that is really important to me before I delve into a, a relationship, a physical relationship with a man. And it's trust. Yeah. 
So, okay, yeah, I want to know. I want to build trust with this guy. How do I know I trust him? Well, I trust him. He's so nice and he's, you know, does what he says he's going to do. But how do I know? How do you build trust with somebody? How do you know you can trust somebody? Well, and at what point do you know this? Well, I feel like trust is almost like a leap of faith. You have to do it first and then it gets reinforced. So, for example, if they say, I'm going to be at your house to pick you up at 6 p.m., and they're at your, your house to pick them up at 6 p.m. I mean, you trust that they're going to be there at 6 p.m. They show up at 6 p.m. And so that reinforces that bit of trust. And then it's like, um, you know, you just begin to build it slowly but surely, even in friendships. And if someone says, hey, listen, like, you know, today we made an arrangement. I'm going to be at your house in such and such a time. And you're prepared to receive me at such and such a time. And, you know, we've grown and established that trust. I'm not a flaky individual. You know that if I'm going to commit to something that I'm going to show up. But, you know, we've developed that relationship and that trust over years. So if I meet you and you're a little bit flaky where it's like, you know, you may show up, you may not show up, then I get to have the decision whether or not I want to continue that friendship based on my expectations. Um, so like if, if I know, like I do have friends that, you know, they sometimes show up, they sometimes cancel and I want to continue to be that person's friend. So I just like kind of build that into the friendship. I know that it may or may not happen and that's the way that it is. And I'm in a complete acceptance of that, that situation. But in terms of like an intimate relationship where you're doing that, I feel like you have to have the faith first and it just keeps getting reinforced and reinforced and reinforced and that you deepen it in terms of intimacy. So it's like, you know, if you're dating someone, you can share about your family or you can share about your political views and then, you know, go further about like your own personal history. And so, you know, it's just like with any relationship where it's done incrementally, where, you know, how far can you go? And so that's what I believe is necessary and that's why it's important to take the time in order to do that. So last week we talked about intimacy and building intimacy and how that's actually established and trust is part of it. And, um, you know, one of the things that I do trust with Mel with MG is that I know that I can, I can share something very shocking with her or very intimate or very deep. And I know that her response is not going to be, oh, you did what? And, you know, I know that because it's, you know, I've, I've done it and I've had experience with it. So that's part of it. It's taking that, it is taking that risk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to do measured risks in the beginning when you're dating somebody. Right. You wouldn't go in and say, well, you know, I'm a sex and love addict and got $100,000 worth of debt and <laughs> herpes and blah, 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 you know. But, you know, if you do have any of those things and, you know, we all do, we have things that need to be disclosed at one point in the relationship yeah. and you're going to have to take them incrementally a little bit at a time and judge, you know, based on the response, the reaction that person gives you. Right. And another thing on the intimacy factor is I know for me, I wanted when I met somebody and that oxytocin was flowing and it felt so good. That's that heady. Oh man, you know, I can't get enough of stuff that, that feeling that I wanted you know, a little, a little was good, so more's better. And I wanted more, 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 more. 
So I allowed the relationships to get physical in order to accelerate that feeling, in order to accelerate the mm -hmm. intimacy. Thinking like, well, you know, I really like him, so let's have sex and then we'll be intimate. Uh, That's not really true. Right. It doesn't work that it's way. It's a false intimacy. It's like when you're getting high with everybody and you think, oh man, we have such rapport, you know, it's not, you're just <laughs> high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like an experience together. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so we talked about, you know, being clear about what you want, um, building trust, mm -hmm. um, making sure that you don't, I want, you know, I wanted to make one more point about the intimacy is that many people use sex to avoid intimacy. So yeah. the process of actually spending six months to a year dating somebody, um, investing that amount of time, putting in the energy can be daunting. Right. And many people don't want to do that. And so instead, they, they make it sexual. Let's get right to the sex, you know, because I mean, I think that especially in, you know, 12 step programs that deal with sex and love addiction, you know, that's what it's like, well, how long is it until I can have sex? And, you know, the answer might be never. And so, but that's hard for people to like digest. They can't digest that. And, you know, so usually I give my sponsees like, you know, the time frame that's sort of been agreed upon in the literature is that when you're exclusive, it's 90 days. So, and it's not like, you know, after 90 days, ding, you know, let's set the, let's set, you know, the weekend getaway for that weekend. You know, it's not even about that. It's about having three months of being exclusive where you can continue to build that. And, um, and then to, I think in a way to like ritualize or celebrate or, you know, um, have it be a really, really special moment because I think that in like uh, us being raised in our time, you know, this whole idea of free love and about, you know, like what's your hang up chick? You know, it's like, um, I think that that's been, a has been a disservice to women and been a disservice to um, relationships because it's, you know, tried to negate the necessity for you know relationship building and for that creation of intimacy and trust within a relationship when we you know invite our bodies to be part of it at that point so you know i uh you know i haven't really embarked on that in sobriety for me i feel like you know that those chemicals that get released in my brain you know i think of them as sort of like that dragon in uh, the hobbit you know that's in its gold i feel like i'm like you know very comfortable in my gold right now. <laughs> and, you know, a little snoozy, a little, you know, mm -hmm. I'm fine. You know, you don't want to wake up the dragon because villages get scorched, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not a good thing, and I don't want to have that happen. And so for me, you know, the, the addict within me, I feel like is, uh, you know, I mean, I, I had a realization this week, and, and it was, um, you know, sort of an innocent thing. But I realized that, you know, what I was doing was beginning a fantasy about someone. And, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. As much sobriety as I have, I was like, there it is. It's right there. And I realized it pretty immediately. And I stopped the, the behavior. 
but it's like I feel like that that you know that addict within me is alive and well and so you know you're very courageous to me to be out in the dating world and to you know do be having these experiences and doing this investigation you know I feel like I am so much a better person and so much in my own power when I'm not in relationship and I have for years given away my power to other people you know for their benefit and becoming and getting into recovery has all been about reclaiming my own power and my own voice and what it is that I want to do and not be a codependent or an Al-Anon to someone and like you know put my life aside for them so I feel like in my power I don't really desire relationship in that regard but you do and I love that right right so we talked about developing some intimacy, not using sex to avoid intimacy, to make sure that you are, um, you know, that your dating experiences are about getting to know that person, exploring the values, um, you know, and those would include things like, you, you know, um, maybe your sexual appetite. You know, I think for me, one of the things that is on my dating plan is to have a matching sexual appetite as close as possible. Um, I was in a relationship for a long time with somebody who ours did not match and it was very, um, it, it's, it's disappointing and it's sort of traumatic. It felt like a rejection all the time to me mm. because I had the higher mm. sex drive than wow. him. Yeah. And, and I'm sure like it never, no matter what situation it is, the other party who wants it more, it feels like a rejection. And so you want to make sure that you, um, you know, and that comes later in your conversation, but it does need to come up. Then there needs to be such conversations about debt and money and how you feel about that. Because these are things that couples fight about a lot. Right. You know, right. sex, money, yeah. the kids, you right. know, if you have kids and how you're going to raise them and, you political know, views. the political yeah. views, uh, you know, all of those are values. And then you've got to establish trust and make sure that you have, you know, that this person is someone that you can trust and then I think too like what is the objective of the relationship um, do you if you need to be married and that's what you really want to do and you want to get married then pretty soon along in the dating process that probably needs to come out right so right. that way before you have sex I'll tell you that much right and right. children if you want to have children and yeah you need to have that conversation way before you have sex well, and, you know, there's a, a quote in the Bible, and I, I don't know it, so please, you know, um, don't hold me to it, to it, but there's something about being unequally yoked. And I think, you know, I can remember, you know, I married a, a, a man that was not of my faith, and my sister make, gave me that quote, and she said, be not unequally yoked. And, and I thought that it was just her racism or, like, you know, whatever, that on her part that she was just, like, you know, being that way. And, um, and that marriage didn't work out. And I mean, and part of it was, I feel like, you know, there was, you know, a lot more issues just besides religion. In fact, I feel like that was one of the less uh, conflictual items and part of our relationship. But what was more important was about like your values, about how you uh, are, operate in the world. So, you know, that's the important thing about being equally yoked, you know, and, and no one wants to be like, um, you know, I don't know, 
there's a what's that story where it's like Heathcliff where it's like you know uh, that famous story um, anyway she comes in as a governess and he's this big you know like he's landowner, landowner yeah. right Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights and so at the end of the story he's crippled and blind and she's come into her fortune mm -hmm. so you know they've equalized so that she's got some more you know um, status in the world and money and you know he's come down from his high horse and he's in a more vulnerable place and so you know that was a, a part of that story where, where it was like they could never be the best they could never be together when they were so disparate when they were so um, far apart so I believe that that's what I need to find in relationships and you know not that I'm opposed to you know dating <laughs> Betty is taken, so I can't date. No, I'm just joking. That was a sick little joke. Come in now. Come on in. Come on in. So, uh, yeah. So it's like until I find come someone in. that I feel, you know, kind of shares all those things, and I'm not actively looking. I'm spending my energy and time doing other things. So, but you do, and I, you know, I, I'm so proud of you for doing that, and. You know, because I feel like it's like a, a, a landmine. You're going into a, an area with a bunch of landmines. But I believe it's important work because I have a lot of sponsees that do want to date. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they ask me, you know, how do we do this? And I'm like, well, let me get back to you on that. And then I come and talk to you. <laughs> well, so the, I think, you know, to, there, there is one other thing kind of wanted to talk about before we close on sex and that's masturbation okay and how that fits into it um i have a lot of sponsees that ask me well what about masturbation you know if they're in a relationship or if they don't they want to like not um abstain from sex while they're working the steps etc and i believe in that and i think that's a really good practice but I think abstaining with, totally from all sexual no from oh. a, uh, sex with a partner oh yeah yeah and, okay and as far as masturbation I think that that's something that has to be individualized are you compulsively masturbating how much you know time is spent on it and you know you and what I are have you masturbating about exactly and I think that if um, I think a dangerous place to masturbate because most women need to fantasize about something. They need to have a visual in their head. They don't, they don't need to watch something. They can close their eyes. And, but I think do not ever put a real person in there with you. I think you need to you know, create some fantasy person that doesn't really exist. Um, because if you put a real person in there, I think you might as well just have sex with them. Because I think you're creating that oxytocin around a real personality. Yeah. And it can get really dangerous really quick. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're addicted to them and yeah, off to the races again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's, um, once again, for me, it's a slippery slope. For me, it's, you know, the dragon in the mountain of gold. And for me, you know, I completely abstain. And, um, and I feel very healthy about that. I feel like, you know, there's so many people, especially in, you know, people who are dealing with sex and love addiction, where that component has to be, you know, really monitored. And so, you know, that that's what it is for me. But, you know, I do work with sponsees and, you know, because I do believe that there are so many benefits that physically we get from, you know, sexuality and orgasms. And I believe that 
as human beings on the planet that if we don't have that that that's like you know like a little bit of a sad thing for me it's just like you know um it's pandora's box for it's pandora's you. box for me i just you know and, and and i might not be there always you know mm-hmm. for me it's where i'm at right now so but when i talk with my sponsees and they ask me you know you know um i think you're right it's individualized and we start looking at like their behavior around it and you know, and I remember you told me that, you know, masturbation is having a sexual relationship with yourself. Right. And do you believe that it's okay to masturbate? You were saying, like, when you begin to work recovery, that uh, to not have sexual relationships with your partner or masturbate? I think you need to take it out because I think you need that um, sort of resetting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there needs mm-hmm. to be a period of withdrawal from all sexual activity. And then once you get to a certain place, then you can discuss it with your sponsor again. Um, but that's how I work with my sponsees is, you know, to just abstain completely. Yeah. And then once you get Kinda to get clear in your head. Exactly. Yeah. It's like quit drinking alcohol. You got to take it all away. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're drinking mm-hmm. alcohol but smoking pot, you're not really clear. Right. <laughs> you're not right. really sober. Right. And so if you're like take the sex away but you're masturbating two or three times a day or daily or with any type of regularity and just you know oh i don't want to i want to go home and masturbate and then that's compulsive masturbation and that's something that is you know taking away your ability to deal with to cope with your problems and that's what about let's go back to our second date hypothesis what if you are getting ready to go out on your second date with this individual and you are feeling that you know sexual charge for them do you think that it would be appropriate to master debate before you go on the date okay so the hypothesis is is a you know you have hypothetical hypothetically this means that you're you're clean and sober and that you haven't been acting out and so you I mean I would think that you you should be able to do this without you know I like sexual energy and I think that you know I one of the reasons that I've been able to create some of the stuff that I've been able to create in the past few years is because I'm not having sex and I'm taking that sexual Mm. energy and using it for other things Mm, you know and I think that we can do that as well and I I don't feel like I'm chased or you know that I'm yeah. non-sexual because yeah. I am and yeah. I'm very sexual and I still love sex and I do want a sexual relationship but I do think too you can take that energy and you know you can channel it to other things and create other things right right so yeah. I think if it's if you feel like it's gonna stop you from wrapping your legs around the dude when he hugs you goodbye <laughs> <laughs> By all means. <laughs> right, 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 right. But then take for a me, few minutes be, before you go. Yeah, but for me, it would be like a physical exercise just to dissipate some of that energy mm-hmm. and not as a way to like fantasize or. You yeah, know. don't fantasize about him. Whatever you do. Yeah. You might as well just have sex with him if you're going to do that. Don't recommend that. Yep. Don't really recommend that at all. But, you know. And I do want to mention, too, that there, you know, my experience in, in working this. You know, sex and love is uh, uh, sex and love addicts anonymous is a is a relationship program. It's about how to have relationships with people that are non toxic, non addictive, and there's no perfect set of things that you can do and go out into the world and not experience uh, toxicity, um, problems, um, addictive 
qualities in a relationship. Right. And I don't know how to do it. I just know what works for me, <laughs> you know? So it's sort of like, you know, and you and I both have just taken like so many of the pieces of wisdom that we've received from a lot of different 12-step fellowships and incorporated them into our lives. And, um, you know, and whether it's Law of Attraction or Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill or 12-step program, you know, I always say, you know, there's gold in them, their hills, and I'm going to go mine that gold. And when I'm done mining it, then, you know, I don't need to go to that program any longer. Someone asked me if you're working multiple programs, which program do you focus on? And I heard once you focus on the one that's going to kill you the quickest. So, you know, for me, the program that I focus on uh, deals around sex and love addiction because that, that's the thing that's going to kill me the quickest that has gotten me to those places right. where I wanted to die. The before. most dangerous and it, it, I always say the it, most pain. Work the one that's hot. You know, what is yeah. hot for you right now? Which one is hot? Which right. one's barking? Which right. one is, you know. Right. And there have been other years when I focused on different programs because mm -hmm. this different things have been up, but that's where I'm at right now. But you know, now I feel like I'm coming to it from a place of wanting to give back, to be of service because I see so many people who are sick and suffering and it's a great program. And, you know, what, what, I, what I saw when I first came in is that there were so many like just amazing, spectacular women and the program really works and you go out and you get happy and you go on with your life and, you know, and you're like, okay, thanks y'all, bye. And you peace out. And, you know, for me, I'm that, I did that for a little bit, but I realized that, you know, for me in this addict, that if I don't stay close to program, and if I don't stay in, like if you imagine your recovery is a road, if I don't stay in the center of my mm -hmm. recovery, you know, the ditch is always three feet on either side. So if I'm not in the center of my recovery, and that means staying connected to program, then, you know, I could end up in the ditch really quickly. And it hasn't happened, but let me tell you, I've been on the curb a couple of times. So, you know, there's so much the power. And last night I was at a meeting, we had, it was a first step meeting. And, you know, there's so much power in listening and sharing that initial, you know, the bottom, what brought you here, you know, your initial, you know, what. And I'm so far from that that I forget, you know, I do forget about it. But, you know, last night it was brought back to me and it was, I remember, you know, and I remember I, um, I would use sex to keep him and I would do just about anything sexually to keep him and I don't ever want to go back there again and it, I didn't keep him it didn't work <laughs> it doesn't work, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> thank God I mean I don't like looking back it's like that's not the person that I wanted it's not it, you know yeah. we did none of that you know, what's your value system? How much debt do you have? How do you feel about money? Do you want to be in a relationship? None of that. So I, oh, I just, we could go on and on, but we're going to get ready to close. But I did, I just, I think this is an important topic and it's something that's not talked a lot about. Well, you know, it's, you know, even me talking with you right now, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit nervous. Am I going to say the wrong thing? You know, it's a, little bit of a heightened thing emotionally and physically it's like you know do we talk about masturbation you know I mean I do it privately with my sponsees and with you but you know uh, and especially in co-ed meetings you know it's not really discussed because I think that there is a little bit of a taboo about mm -hmm. it and then you know even the whole idea of sexuality and uh, and I feel like that's 
part of the whole problem is that we don't talk about it enough in a therapeutic way. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad. There's nothing, you know, more normal than us wanting to have a sexual relationship with another human being. We were created to cleave. And that means to, you know, be sexual at mm -hmm. any age. And so, what, and that's what I want for everybody. I want, I want it for you when you're ready. And I mm -hmm. want it for me and I want yeah. it for my sponsees. And there's nothing wrong with having sex. But the thing is, is that you've got to be, you have to be clear about what you want your sexual relationship to look like, what you want your sexual encounters to look like. And, you know, start there. Yeah. And then do a dating plan and we'll do that one. Yes. Coming up next. Yes. Maybe not next, but soon. Soon. We will do that. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thanks for coming to my house. You're welcome. We don't know where we're going to be next time, but, Who you know, knows? it'll be a surprise for you. That's you know, right. maybe we'll be in the dining room. Betty's on the couch. That's right. With her head bent. So sweet. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Sober Sisters Talk. Thank you. Thanks for being here.